Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. I'm really happy to be with us uh, with you tonight, I, and we have a really interesting guest. Uh, you, you know, uh, Small Business Digest is a virtual organization. Our uh, box is in Long Island. Our webmasters in Rhode Island. Our editors are in uh, St. Paul and other other cities, and our advertising is in San Francisco. And I've often wondered, am I uh, managing this operation correctly? Well, um, fortunately, across my desk uh, came a, a, an interesting uh, uh, story, and I thought we'd share it tonight with you. Well, Chris Boy- Byers is with us tonight. He's president of a company that can really help us. Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Good to be here. Well, uh, Chris, we always ask our guests first to say a little bit about themselves personally before we get into the topic. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, great. I uh, I uh, graduated college with a finance degree and uh, kind of always thought I'd be in business and tried my hand at a number of different businesses over time and kind of took a, a, a long journey, or not too, too long, but uh, to get where I am and started in, uh, actually my first job was in fixing computers at a university, and then I uh, helped people plan their finances uh, as a financial planner, and then went into healthcare, helping them, helping a company raise money and uh, really get, get the funding they needed to build, build buildings and buy equipment and and then uh, actually took uh, two years and actually did some work in the UK and Europe and Africa uh, with a nonprofit. And then a couple of years ago, most than almost five now, started with uh, Formstack, the company I'm with now. Okay. Before we go further, I'm always fascinated. What did you do in uh, in Africa for a nonprofit? Yeah, so we actually uh, did training, and uh, it was it was church related, and did training for pastors and kind of ministry leaders in uh, really all those locations, but helping them uh, just make hopefully smarter decisions and help them reach the people they're trying to reach, uh, and and help them uh, in, in a positive way. So we uh, we love all, all things international. Uh, my wife and I do, and so we'll, we'll always be a focus for us. 
Well, that's interesting. Um, I, 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 I hate to use the word interesting again, but uh, when talking to, to uh, guests, it's always fascinating how they, uh, they, they've they come to running a business as you do and, or are founding a business. And the, the road is often torturous and different than uh, we imagine it, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I can't imagine I could have crafted the path that I, I took to get here. And, in fact, one of the key things that got me to where I am was uh, a sm- actually a small business that I started with a friend, actually probably even failed to mention that earlier, but started with a friend out of college. And he and I became friends, and uh, he's ultimately who brought me kind of back into this organization uh, you know, five, six years after that. So it's amazing the people you meet in life that uh, you can reconnect with later in life and, and kind of see, see how cool it is that those networking-type connections and friends uh, make a difference in, in the path that you take. Uh, absolutely. Now, you're CEO of a company. What's the name of the company and what does it do? Yeah, so our company is called Formstack, and our goal is to help people uh, really get more conversions out of their website. So most of us are trying to uh, you know, get new customers in some fashion, and so uh, the product itself helps you collect data. So it's an easy-to-use form builder. Uh, if you want to run an event or do a survey or take a payment, uh, easy for a non-technical user to go on and build that. But then our, our further goal is you've got all these people coming to your website. You want them to do something, whether it's register for an email or uh, take some step toward becoming a customer. And so we want to help you make that process easier with analytics data and teaching you, oh, it's not if you have a 14-field form out there that's probably going to stop a lot of people from filling it out. And if we can help educate you and use our product to, to make smarter decisions, then hopefully you're going to get that many more dollars coming your direction because, as, as you know, and as this show is probably all about, uh, it's a, a big challenge to maintain and grow an organization. And uh, that's the, what we all wake up every day wondering how we're going to do it better today than we did yesterday. Well, that's an ongoing uh uh, saga. So we're, hopefully tonight we're going to go into it in a little bit of detail because uh, in the emails I get across my desk, uh, keeping uh, or improving websites is one of the toughest uh, and most vexing problems for small business. So uh, let's start from the beginning. What should, should uh, I'm a small business. What should I be looking for? Uh, at, in my website, how do I analyze what, uh, whether it's good or not? Uh, you know, I think the I think the most important thing that we all need to do is define what is what's the ultimate goal of my site. So, uh, you know, if I am a small business who uh, maybe. Uh, or take a nonprofit, for example. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to get every dollar I can in to fund whatever the mission is or the purpose of my organization. And so uh, I, I go invest and I build a website and there's content out there. But uh, So it becomes this brochure of sorts. But a website can do so much more for you if you can begin to interact with your customers or your potential customers. And so maybe I simply start and say, you know, my goal is to raise 
$100 or $1,000 via my website just to start somewhere to have a goal. And so then you need to start to say, how am I going to do that? And for instance, Formstack becomes a great opportunity for you, a solution for you to go build a form, connect it to your credit card provider, or use PayPal, and all of a sudden I went in 10 minutes from not being able to collect money or donations on my site to, uh, to being able to get that started pretty quickly. And then, then you from there want to just begin to be creative about how, how can I take that to the next step? I raised my first $1,000. Uh, of course, I have all these other people that come to my site and don't do anything. They're not quite ready to give or buy. And so if you can utilize forms to maybe just collect their email address, and then you can take those and, and email, them, email them back out via an email newsletter. And over time you build a relationship with them. And they say, okay, I trust you. I'm ready to buy from you. I'm ready to uh, donate to your cause. And so I, I go back to I think the most important thing is we, we kind of all just say, oh, we have to do this. We have to have a website. And we don't maybe always take the further step to say, oh, what is my goal here? What am I trying to accomplish with the site? Other than, yeah, people can find my address or my phone number. Well, people are notorious for not wanting to leave uh, their email address or, uh, or or as little information as possible. How, what are some of the ways you can get them to uh, leave their their you know, email address? Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. We're all are super tired of the, the spam that we get and the emails that are are unwanted. And so, I think one of the things that uh, we found really beneficial is give something out when you're trying to collect that email address. Make it, uh, you know, they're not going to maybe pay you for this item, but they may be paying you with their email addresses that kind of becomes a bit of a transaction in that way. But, so if you were to, if you're a higher ed institution and you wanted, and you came to our website, we actually give a number of resources away, which again are, are pretty much behind you giving us your email address, but it's a some maybe templates for your sites or for your forms uh, to make it easier to start collecting data. We give you some tips on the best ways universities use uh, use forms, and so it's that type of content that's really useful and beneficial. We actually have a conversion report, so if you want to build a form and do a better job of actually get, get getting data in, we've got a you know, 20 plus page report that we'll we'll give you, and again, that transaction is you giving us your email address, and then we give you some content. But it's how we start a relationship, and hopefully, can uh, build trust over time. Well, you said um, earlier something that intrigued me. Um, you can set up so someone, uh, for instance, could set up a contest or uh, get get nominations for people. Um, I just came a, a folio just had a very successful one um, where they uh, asked people to nominate uh, someone for uh, a woman of the year. Uh, I, I thought it was a great way of uh, getting not one but two emails. But do you do things like that or do you suggest them? Uh, give us some ideas of some how, how you can do that. Yeah, I think um, uh, a couple of things that we've done that have been maybe kind of, as you mentioned, a little bit off off the, the beaten path of, oh, we're, we're still talking about our business all the time. Uh, one, one thing we did in Indianapolis, which is where uh, a number of our team members are, 
is a couple of, a couple of years ago, we actually hosted what we called uh, Build Indie. So it was it was completely not business related. It was about getting small businesses and small mission minded uh, startups together and nominating them. Uh, people could nominate them, and then we would give five thousand dollars away to uh, kind of who who was the most uh, kind of popular, interesting uh, kind of startup in that way. And so that became a way we actually built up a, a quite a bit of interest around the city. We had a big event um, that hosted all these people, and then we gave away the $5,000. And yet what's interesting about that is that, that might initially sound like, oh, it's going to cost a lot. But realistically, we actually had a, a bank come in and, and put some funds in. We, we, we did put some of our own funds in, got the, the, the venue for free, and so... Uh, for us, it became a lot of really good press. It, we we gained a lot of um, new contacts through that, and then uh, just a good, you know, and, and a good thing for uh, the startup that or a couple startups got cash out of it, and they could use that to just you know push themselves along. And so, uh, you know, that's one thing. The other one that comes to mind is we actually built a software tool. Um, it's actually called Social Rivals. So if you're on Twitter. And you have someone else out there. Uh, we'll, I'll use uh, a big sports name uh, or something along those lines. I, I, I'm kind of the marketing manager for my sports league or NFL team or whatever. I can go put in my Twitter handle, and then I can put in my uh, kind of opposing team's Twitter handle, and we'll actually grade you based on uh, what type of like who has better reach, who who communicates better with their audience, who gets more retweets. And so it's a completely, again, doesn't really have anything to do with Formstack, but it's a way where we can give somebody kind of a free and interesting tool, hopefully fun for them, interesting, maybe even useful to them, making smarter marketing decisions. And then, again, we've, we've gotten new leads, new contacts that we can begin to reach out to and, and tell the Formstack story. And so hopefully over time, uh, you know, some of those become customers. Well, that sounds terrific. What other things can can a small business do with limited budget to uh, generate uh, ultimately sales? But uh, if I hear you correctly, what you really say it is uh, generate the, the uh, emails so that you can establish the relationship. Yeah, I think that 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 becomes the. The, the game, for lack of a better word, that we're probably all playing these days. Again, there's so much content out there. There's so much uh, marketing. Uh, so you're on so many email email lists. If you can begin to build a relationship and, and share interesting content, then that's going to be that much easier to do business with someone. You know, I always uh, I, I feel like it's a relatively simple one, though it does take a little bit of time. One of the suggestions. Uh, I'll often make is it's free, and this is going to your question of what, what can you do on low budget. Everybody is on, well, most people are on Twitter, or, or a lot of people are on Twitter. So if you're a small business, why not actively search for people who throw out keywords that are interesting to your business and begin to, again, build a relationship with them via Twitter. So you can go use something as simple as Twitter search, and you can say, I've got this new coffee shop around the corner, and I'm just going to search for people in my city that 
say the word coffee, and you're probably going to come up with a bunch of them, and maybe pay attention. Are they going somewhere else to another coffee shop? Are they just saying, where can I get coffee today? But then you can begin to interact with them, and that's completely free. And uh, you know, at worst case, you lose a couple of hours investing in trying to see if that's a way you can kind of engage people. But I think the important thing there is you never want to go just blasting your message on people. You, you want to make sure you're engaging with them uh, in, in some fashion. So it's not just, hey, I've got a coffee shop. Come show up. I'll give you 10% off. That sounds very salesy, very uh, not near as interesting. But if I can say, hey, I love coffee too. Uh, have you tried this new type of coffee? And maybe it didn't even let them know that you're, you are a coffee shop yet, but they begin to engage with you. And then all of a sudden you've got uh, somebody who starts to pay attention to you and follows you. And over time you can build uh, an audience that way. I think the same thing goes for blogging. If you can write interesting content that isn't always just pulling people back to you, it's just, oh, that's useful content I can use in my life. Uh, that, that becomes a better way to engage people. That's really clever. Uh, I'm going to uh, push you a little further. Give us another one. This is one of the more interesting <laughs> conversations I've had in a while. <laughs> uh, let's see. What, uh, you know, I, I think um, with it, this takes us back uh, a little ways, but we, we did a series of uh, YouTube videos that um, kind of I, I can't remember exactly how it all played out, but uh, one, one time we we did a YouTube video where uh, we, we kind of were trying to get social interest, and uh, when people tweeted about us and uh, talked about this specific uh, topic, we actually uh, ended up giving away a fifty dollar just gas card to anybody who tweeted. Uh, well. So the top person who tweeted about us, and so we, we did this kind of funny YouTube video where um, we were recorded uh, recorded somebody on a skateboard riding around trying to get the gift card to uh, to the right person. And so I mean it's just kind of stupid creative stuff that that becomes. Uh, I think go back to it. business is fun. We all choose to do. I mean we're usually choosing to do something because it's fun and interesting. We usually put our business face on when we then go starting start talking to customers. And I think if you can do fun and creative things, uh, people enjoy that and it endears them to you. And so I'm one who doesn't mind getting made fun of, and so I'll, from time to time, put a random video out or, uh, again, on YouTube, all free, easy to do. And it may not be the next viral video, but it, it engages with people. The, the last one I'll kind of uh, share along those lines is I actually now uh, email all of our new customers, and it's an, it's an automatic email, so it, it does look like it's coming from me. But if you were to go to the Formstack About page, you'd see every single one of our team members. But what you actually see, unless you mouse over their face, you actually see their baby picture. And so, again, it's this like, oh, that's cute. It's kind of fun for people to see. And I can't. I mentioned that in the email, the automatic email I send out, and I can't tell you how many people email back and say, oh, it's so fun to see what your team looks like and their baby pictures. And so, again, anything you can do to stand out from everybody else I think will, uh, will be a big win for, for you and whatever you're doing. Okay. 
I'm a small business. I come to you. What, is the first, what are the questions you ask me uh, in order to figure out whether you can help me and, and how you can help me? Well, so the good news is, is we've, uh, for us, we've built a product that is 100% designed for a small business to come on, trial for free uh, for 14 days, and get started for as little as $39 a month. And so you can go on and say, oh, I want to build this event form. I'm going to host an event in a couple weeks, or I want to start collecting email addresses. And I go log on. Uh, I can probably, again, even if I'm not a technical user, I can build that form probably in five minutes, and all of a sudden I've got a form that I can either email out to people or embed it on my website. And if in 14 days I decide it's a big win, then I, I pay. If I don't, then uh, I'll go on and do something else. So, uh, so we actually don't. Um, you actually don't actually don't even talk to somebody unless you want to do something a little bit bigger and it, it's a bit more involved. Don't even have to talk to somebody to get started. Well, there are a lot a lot of people out there, um, uh, a lot of companies that um, are building these dashboards. But uh, the interesting thing, uh, we did a, a focus group the other day. Of, of a group of uh, older entrepreneurs, uh, and we found that they still had doubts about whether they were capable of doing uh, something, and they always liked that hand-holding. Um, it was very eye-opening for us because we had done a uh, similar focus group for another um, another client, and these were made up of younger ones, and, and they didn't want help. Uh, do you find this in, in your business that the younger versus older, or would you like yeah, to make I, any I, comment on it? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, we don't really since we don't ask people uh, their age and we don't see them uh, physically. I, I probably yeah don't, don't know exactly if a demographic makes a difference, but there's definitely a group of people who don't really want to talk to anybody, want to do it themselves. And in fact, even if our sales team does reach out to them, they you know they they flee and they run up as fast away uh, as they can get from the phone, and don't respond to emails and things like that. And then there's the group of people that uh, even though we've built a tool that we think is very easy to use, they still would like a lot of help. And realistically, they just want somebody to do it for them. And unfortunately for us, we've not built a great way for. Um, and because it's such a low-cost product, we haven't built a great way to be able to support that. So we do have a few like, consultant types that we can refer people to. Um, but usually we just take that feedback that we get that maybe it's too hard, and we make that, that much more of an effort to make it easier to uh, actually build forms. Yeah, I, I'm just fascinated by it. Um, I introduced you to the same uh, that that you you remote, and the, my engineer just put on my nose that that's the second a caller. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, our second guest uh, later on in the hour. Um, if people uh, want to know more about your company, uh, how can they do it? Yeah, the easiest way is to check out uh, formstack.com and. Uh, you can see our blog or just see our, our uh, content and, and what we're about, and so that's 
probably the fastest way. Anybody who wants to connect with me personally, uh, my Twitter handle is probably the easiest, and it's just at R Chris Byers, so R C H R I S B Y E R S, and glad to connect with anybody who uh, reaches out in that way. Well, let me reach back. Uh, you, you mentioned a video. Have you done any radio? Um, does audio work? Um, uh, does audio work? Uh, that's a good question. I've actually considered I've considered utilizing a, a podcast or something like that, but have not really. Uh, the, we've done radio advertising, and we've done that with uh, NPR is the only one we've ever tried, and that's. Uh, I think that's been somewhat effective, but from a like a regular strategy, we we haven't utilized it all that much, so w- wouldn't know for sure. Well, I, I just try to. Uh, you seem to be a fountain of information. I'm trying to. I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the mind of the audience and ask the questions that they're probably uh, asking. Uh, what is the, the single greatest problem? that you, uh, you see encountered by small businesses when they go to try to do all of this? Uh, I, think the, I think it's trying to do probably too much. I think we, you know, we, we go, any, any business, we go into an initiative and we probably overbelieve in what can be done in a very, very short period of time. And then we underbelieve that, you know, it will play out well in the long term. And so I think it's you know, maybe signing up for a product and thinking it's going to change my business overnight. Uh, it's, you know, at best, no matter what you do, it's likely going to simply augment your business and make it a little bit better, and then you move on to the next thing and add, add it and uh, make, make kind of taste improvement. And so I think the uh, going back to the setting of maybe even – smaller goals along the way. Yeah, I want to grow my business and double it or increase it by 10%, whatever the goal is. What, what are the steps? What are the plans that I can put together along the way? And let's just start with step one and see if we can make step one a success. Uh, if it doesn't work, try it a little bit differently. Iterate. Uh, one of our favorite things to do as an organization is to say that everything is a test. Uh, we all tend to want to say, oh, this is the final decision. This is the way we're going. But if you begin to look at things as a test, you can comfortably do them for 30 days or 90 days and go back to everybody and say, oh, you know what? This test did not work out. Uh, and nobody's too stressed out about it because they're like, oh, yeah, it was a test. Not a big deal. If I say, oh, we're making this big change, and then 90 days later I come back and say, oops, it didn't work, then people wonder is the fall, uh, is the sky falling and what's going to change and uh, when in the end if we, if we just pose things as a test it, it can become a lot easier to get, get your goal accomplished. Well I just got an email across the, uh, my desk. Um, as a CEO what, are, what is the single biggest problem you face on a regular basis? Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. I think the second guessing yourself is probably the the biggest challenge. Like, how, 
have I made the right decision? Am I going to make the right decision? And uh, so making a decision and having the confidence in it can, can sometimes be uh, a bit unnerving. And, and sometimes it's simply getting too caught up in the media because the media will tell you that the world is changing very fast and uh, you know things are moving so quickly. You need to keep up. You're, you're gonna, your business is going to go away if you're not mobile and social and all this stuff. And while that's true, we're, we're moving at a different pace probably, uh, I think you can go back to uh, even the, the kind of ecclesiastical, nothing new is under the sun. Uh, things will change, but things are also the same. If you can begin to make, build a good culture in your business and make smart decisions, uh, you don't always have to be worried about what's the next new fad that that may be a long-term thing, but I don't necessarily need to be on it today. If I'm on it a year from now even, maybe that's perfectly fine. Whenever all the uh, early adopters have figured it out and found all the problems. Well, uh, Chris, again, the name of your uh, um, uh, company and how people can uh, find you. Yeah, the name is Formstack, F-O-R-M. S-T-A-C-K, and it's at formstack.com, and come uh, check us out. And as I mentioned, if you want to reach out on Twitter, I'm at rchrisbyers, R-C-H-R-I-S-B-Y-E-R-S. So, yeah, thanks Chris, a lot. No, Chris, thank you. It's very been a very informative visit. Please come again. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Appreciate it, Don. No, we appreciate your visit. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. We have um, two, two guests that have shown up, one from, three, uh, from Colorado, three, oh, no, from Pennsylvania, 310, and another one from 425, area code. So identify yourselves, please. Uh, this is 310 checking in, John Bischke with Intello. Uh, this is Swati Padmaraj uh, from Atiz, Seattle. Oh, well, you, uh, you uh, were scheduled uh, for a little bit later uh, in sure, the I show. Sure, can, I can call back. Please, please do. Uh, uh, please call in at 10-2 as originally okay. scheduled. Thank you. Well, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing better now. I was getting worried that I'd misscheduled, but uh, uh, um, but it's not the case. Uh, you're no, John, I uh, I'm sorry. Yep, we're 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 good. I think so. Yeah, so uh, good to chat with you. Well, uh, uh, I'm always glad to uh, chat with with you. Um, uh, we always start off our guests by asking them a little bit about themselves personally before we get into the topic. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Minneapolis originally and uh, spent you know, a good chunk of my career working in uh, education, actually in education technology, and uh, moved out to California in 2003 and 
spent uh, five years in Los Angeles and then made my way up the coast to San Francisco in, in 2008. And I'm in uh, the heart of Silicon Valley and, and uh, love uh, entrepreneurship and, and building technology companies. And um, we're going to talk about recruiting and, and a lot of other things. And, uh, so first, uh, tell us a little bit about your company, and we'll go into uh, why you're on this program. Sure, sure. So we started Intello in 2011, and we started it because you know our belief is that the most important thing that companies do is hire great people. And, you know, being in the heart of Silicon Valley, we talk to people all the time who are trying to find people for jobs, and and they're struggling. And even though we've got, you know, somewhat high unemployment, there are lots of positions out there where companies can't find nearly enough talented people to fill the jobs. So what we've done over the last three years is we've built a product, and, and the easiest way to think about it is it's essentially Google for finding talent. So we go out and we index the Internet the same way that Google does. But the big difference is, is that the primary use of our tool is to help companies track down those, those hard-to-fill positions. And so um, we've been winning the market now for about a year and a half, and, and we have over 150 customers and everywhere from you know small, small businesses all the way up to big companies like Facebook and, and Salesforce that use our product. Well, uh, spell out your company name. This is sure, radio, so. In, yeah, no, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that. So it's Intello, and that's spelled E-N-T-E-L-O. So Intello.com. Okay. Say it again, please. E-N-T-E-L-O. Oh, oh. I was writing it down to make sure that I uh, <laughs> uh, got it right. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll also give you a chance later on because I have a hunch. Now, uh, having said that, uh, many small businesses, uh, our recent survey showed that uh, uh, many small businesses, as predicted, are starting to lose their top talent. Mm-hmm. Um uh, to bigger corporations now that the re- recession is uh, uh, easing. Um, mm-hmm. How could how a small business, A, use your service, but B, kind of uh, protect themselves against uh, services like yours? Yeah, it, it's a great question. I'll tackle the first part of it first. So one of the reasons why we built Intello is that we felt that the uh, landscape for uh, companies was certainly tilted in the direction of big companies, and we wanted to give powerful tools that would allow smaller companies to be able to have you know, a lot of um, the same technology that larger companies do. So one of the things about Intello, what's great is that for you know, a relatively affordable investment, you can have you know, a technology where you know, we've had millions of, of, of dollars invested in it and thousands and thousands of developer hours. And you know, the, the average cost of Intello for, you know, as a starting point is typically less 
than hiring one person in, in a year in terms of what you'd spend to hire that person. So we find that even for very, very small businesses, that Intello can be very affordable and can be a, a fantastic way to grow their organizations. And you know, one of the areas that we focus on a lot is in technology and helping companies to find engineers, designers, data scientists, and a lot of small companies now need to find people with tech skills. So we think Intel is a fantastic way to do that. As far as how to protect yourself, I mean, you know, that's probably outside of our outside of our scope, but you know, we, we really do believe that a lot of that's in, in setting the right culture and, and you know, initially hiring the right people for, for your business. So the better job you do hiring, the better job you're going to do retaining your top people. Well, um uh Let's talk about what do you look for? I guess you use LinkedIn, or do you scrub LinkedIn? Do you scrub other? What do you scrub that gives you that gives the client the advantage of using your service? Yeah, and that's a great question. So we index a, a, a really a huge percentage of the Internet, and the areas that we focus on are areas where people are posting information specific to their, their professional life. We're not as concerned about the personal stuff. That's not really where we focus. But, you know, it might be a developer who, you know, an engineer who's posted some code that they've written onto a website. It might be, uh, you know, someone who's attending a meetup or a conference. It might be someone who's posted something about their job on Twitter. So what we're doing is, is we're constantly going out and crawling the web, again, very similar to Google, very similar to any search engine. But the big difference is, is we're looking specifically for data that is related to someone's job, related to their career. And then we pull all that data into a central index, and companies then can come in and they can run searches. And they can say, you know, I'm looking for someone to develop the mobile app for my business, and I'm based in Chicago. Here, you know, show me all the people that might be good mobile developers in Chicago. And we're able to pull all this data together and present them with a list of candidates. Well, that's really interesting. Um, uh, you just give them the candidates. You, you don't do the next step of uh, sorting them and uh, deciding which ones to uh, follow up on. No, I mean, you know, to some extent, you know, we have search relevancy, so the people that show up at the top of the list might be a stronger fit for, you know, a given job or a given skill. But, you know, most of the companies that work with us, you know, they have a pretty good sense of what they're looking for. But what we want to do is we want to provide them with as much information as possible so that when they are doing their search, they ultimately can be much more productive. I mean, you, you know this, the small business owners are extremely pressed for time. So if they want to hire a good salesperson or a good marketer or a good engineer, they don't have all day to do it. And what we really try to do is provide the data to them so that they can be much more productive and much more efficient when it comes to figuring, it out, figuring out who they would need to hire for these jobs. If, you know, if, if I were a big business, um, I, uh, I would definitely use you. I'm t um, but you, as a smaller business, I think, is um, uh, less apt to use yours. But, but you say that you do have smaller businesses. What types of uh, uh, searches or pe people do you try to source from smaller businesses? 
Yeah, well, smaller companies, you know, we're of the belief that everyone started somewhere. And, you know, some of the companies that we've worked with, when we started working with them, honestly, there's some companies where it was just one person. It was literally a, a, a solo founder. And that person had a need to build a team around them. And when you're one person or two people or three people, you know, it's hard because, you know, you're going to ask your friends and you're going to tap your network. But at the end of the day, you know, you just don't have all the, you know, you don't have a recruiter on staff. You don't have all these, you know, all these resources around you. So we had, you know, for example, we had one uh, person who was a solo founder of his company and he was building an application, uh, a software application, and he needed to hire a mobile engineer. Actually, he needed to hire multiple mobile engineers, and he used Intello, and he was able to source multiple people for this job, hire a number of them, and now his business is off and running, and it's a very fast-growing company. So, you know, our target market isn't necessarily the person who owns the restaurant or owns the, the flower shop. That's not really the, the type of people that use Intello. But if someone does have, you know, aims at, you know, being the next Amazon or being the next Nordstrom or being the next Starbucks and they really want to grow as fast as they can, then that's where they oftentimes will find a, a tool like ours. Oh, I, I think you're a valuable tool for, for startups. And, uh, you just hit, you just hit a, a strong spot in our audience because we have a lot of mm -hmm. – uh, uh, technical um, uh, startups, uh, mm -hmm. judging either that or they're, they're uh, much more uh, aggressive in their emails and uh, comments <laughs> that we get back. Um, sure, we we see that um, uh, very often. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you how do you specify? I as a client. How would I go to you and specify what I want? Uh, a food scientist or, or an app developer? Do you do you uh, go back and say? Do you add what uh, uh, search criteria do you add to it? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's two ways that people can interact with our product. The first is called Intello Search, and the second is called Intello Sonar. IntelliSearch would be you as a user would go in and you'd run a query in our system. And, and when I say that, it's just a fancy term for, you know, you're running something that looks a lot like a Google search. You've got a search box and you type in food scientist or you type in app developer. And what you're going to get back is a, a list of people that match your search query. So this is an area where, where you know, Google has dominated a lot of search on the web. But if you go to Google and you type in food scientist because you're trying to hire a food scientist, the results aren't very pretty. So that's where we really optimize for a query like that or a query like app developer. The other part of our product is IntelliSonar, and Sonar is even easier. With Sonar, what you can do is you can take a job listing that you have, you know, if you're posting to a job board or if you've got a job posting on your website, and you can literally just take the URL, cut it and paste it into our website. And then what we'll start doing is sending you people that are a good fit for that job. So all it takes is literally 20 seconds to find the, the website link for your job posting put it into our system, and now you're getting notifications for people that would be a good fit for the job. So we really want to try to make it as easy for the user. We don't want people to have to worry about, you know, training or having to understand a complicated system. If you know how to use Google, you know, you, you already know how to use Intello. 
Well, let me ask you a question. I'm an ex-newspaper man, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I always liked newspapers. That's where I started. But sure. uh, the classified sections of newspapers have gone down. Do you think mm -hmm. uh, the future is in uh, online search rather than an online uh, posting rather than uh, uh, the classifieds or the jobs uh, on the print version? Well, I think what's happened over the last decade is that, you know, by and large, the industry has moved to a an online model. Now, you know, the online, the newspapers are trying to compete, but you've seen the rise of companies like Monster and, and Career Builder and increasingly LinkedIn, and these are becoming the new ways that people find talent, that people find, find um, you know, their next hire. And you know we've seen that happen over time, and now we think there's another wave, which is you know for a long time it was well let me go and search a resume database, and you know you, people would upload their resume to Monster, or they'd upload their resume to Career Builder, and then recruiters would search that database. Well, to some extent, the entire internet is a big database, a big resume database, because many people are doing things online on different websites that relate to their job, that relate to their career. And so what our, our vision has always been is to create essentially the search engine, the Google of, of this industry, where people have the opportunity to search all of that data, regardless of what website that data might be on and use that data effectively to find the right person. So I'm a, you know, I'm a big newspaper fan as well. My, my co-founder actually used to work for the New York Times, so both of us have you know, a soft spot for newspapers. But you know, the reality of it is the market has shifted over the last decade, and now it's, it's really about online. I'm, I'm curious. How did you come up with this idea? It's, it's a great idea. <laughs> I'm just curious how you came up with it. I appreciate that. Well, you know, for me personally, I've started a number of companies and I've seen firsthand how hard it is to recruit top talent. So there was a kind of a burning need on my end for a better tool. And what I did, I took a kind of a year sabbatical between my last company and this company. And during that time, I had coffee with a lot of people like the people who are probably listening to the show right now, entrepreneurs and small business owners. And I asked them, you know, a single question, which was, how can I be helpful to them? What can I do to, to help with any challenges that they were having? And in you know, 90 to 95% of those conversations, the one thing that that person chose to tell me was, I'm having a really hard time hiring this sort of person. And when I heard that just time and time again from entrepreneurs and from small business people, in my mind it was very clear that there was an opportunity to make that to make that easier for folks. So back in 2011, with, with all, after having all those conversations with all those entrepreneurs and all those small business people, you know, that's really when, when the idea struck me to build this search engine for talent. Okay. And how long did it take you to, to build it? Well, well, I wish I could say I built it, but I hired a team of engineers, and uh, you know we spent about 18 months developing the product from early 2011 until uh, you know kind of late 2012, and then in October of 2012, the the largest conference in our industry is called the HR Technology Conference, and we launched our product in October of 2012 at the HR Technology Conference. Well, uh, the name of your site again. It's Intello, and, and I'll, I'll spell it for you again. It's E-N-T-E-L-O. Well, um, I'm really glad you came on, uh, came on board today. And um, 
uh, I hope you'll come back in a, a, in a while and tell us how things are going and perhaps give us some more insight. I appreciate that. This has been a lot of fun and happy to come on any time. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And thank okay, you again. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next guest, who came early but, but who's now come back, is, I know her first name is Rafi, but I'm going to tell her, ask the audience, uh, her to tell the audience uh, how you pronounce your name. Hello? Uh, yes, yeah. Swati Padmaraj. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, uh, well, I'm doing better now that I'm getting this program uh, online and lined up correctly. Um, uh, we always ask, uh, and you have an unusual background, we always ask a little bit about the, our guest's personal background before we do anything else. So tell us a little bit, because uh, one of the interesting things is you've gone from one uh, area to another, and uh, you've brought a lot more, uh, a lot from one to the other. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. First of all, I want to thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on your show, Don. Um, uh, a little bit about my background. We're excited to have you. Thank you. When I saw you, saw about you, uh, I called you today, uh, yesterday, and uh, uh, I really wanted you on the program. So say a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, growing up, I always was interested in fashion and designing. Uh, I used to design my own clothes whenever I could. But back in the day, career choices were not very limited in India. So uh, when I pursued my master's in chemistry and business, thinking I'll be an inorganic chemist. Uh, but I realized that all I, I could only connect everything, all what I learned was back to fashion. So when I moved to the U.S. 23 years ago, uh, and funny thing, I actually used my business degree more than anything else. But when my kids started high school, I decided to pursue my true passion and got a bachelor's degree in fashion. I launched my brand, Atiz, in 2011, and all my educational degrees have helped me in my business. It's been a fun, fun journey so far. Okay, so you were you were an inorganic chemist. You came to the United States, and now you're a fashion designer. That's correct. Well, that's some some, some change, but you you said that you took what you learned as an inorganic chemist and, and infused it into your designs. Am I correct in that? That's correct. Well, tell us. Well, I don't want to talk. I want you to talk. Tell us sure, a little bit about sure. it. Okay, so like chemistry and fashion are connected in many ways. Uh, you can see it in the uh, way the structural composition of the molecules uh, distinguish each kind of fabric. You can also use no knowledge in chemistry to make informed decisions uh, about choosing fabrics, uh, the, whether they are environmental friendly or not, and of course in product development too. The chemical makeup of fabrics determines how fi fibers will accept color saturation and what level it will compromise the fabric. Uh, my degree helps me uh, produce garments that are well, uh, that will last better. So it's like, you know, um, this is a, uh, it's a, it's not, it's very, uh, not 
very common for people to you know to have an inorganic chemistry background and fashion at the same time but it's worked it has worked out great for me i've always say everything happens for a reason and looking back i'm glad i spent that time in school as a chemist uh uh did i sound too technical here <laughs> no you're sounding great keep going thank thank you so like uh, in uh, more about like you know if you want to talk about chemistry um uh, like they say um you know it it involves like environment if i have to make informed decisions about my fabric i i think about how is it going to affect the environment is it going to be uh, like you know like uh, when we talk about uh, organic cotton and you know going green and all those things actually in in reality they have a lot of um, uh, side effects and uh, it pollutes water you know lots of pesticides are used to uh, create cotton you know to grow cotton so i would rather go with polyester it's you know a lot of times uh, that's the better choice um it has worked out for me as a small business you know to start off with something and and still feel good about it um if you talk about product development you know i try to choose fabrics that are like um you know because of my indian roots i love color so there's a lot of like you know um lots of color and uh so i i make sure that the color saturation is correct and you know whether they do they're using digital prints or any kind of innovation which is happening in the industry i know it more because i have studied it and i always research more um so, so that's so you launch go ahead finish yeah yeah i mean that's about it go ahead well now uh, how did you launch your your, your line and uh, um and where do you sell your line and how do you sell your line your your clothes oh so a little bit about my line uh, atiz is a luxury brand for the international woman, woman who loves to travel that's my target market you know it could be anybody with it's a global woman which i think uh, every every one of us i i see myself as a biggest um, uh, customer of atiz uh focuses on uh, women's contemporary and dressy daywear so you'll have lots of jackets and fun trench gowns you know which has a little like uh fun aspect like hoodie uh, hooded trench gowns if you can imagine then there are lots of statement pieces like jumpsuits with lots of layers um uh, then uh, classic silhouettes uh too like a sheet dress and you know something that makes you feel good and it's all about you know creating an impression i think garments are meant to be uh to transform yourself from within so that's my my mission and uh, and vision as a tease uh you can find me on my website uh it's at ateezefashionhouse.com so a t i z yeah a t a t i z fashionhouse.com I'm also uh on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest as Atiz Fashion. A T I Z Fashion. Um I'm also uh selling in local boutiques here in the Seattle area and planning to expand nationally uh with my Spring Summer 2015 collection that will be uh available on my to see on my website uh come September. Oh. So, yes. Uh, 
what did what did you find was your greatest um, hurdle to getting to uh, launching your line and keeping it going? Um, the uh, greatest challenge uh, or hurdle I see is um, uh, trying to get in front of the buyers, like you know, trying to make them understand uh, my uh, my vision in terms of like you know the different silhouettes and uh, uh, that that was my biggest hurdle. But I over I I know how to overcome that. So how did you how did you overcome it? Oh, I just believe in it. I I believe that if I can do it and I I can wear it and make a statement, I think other people it just needs to uh, you know have an open mind to uh, a different brand of clothing. Uh, where do you get your clothes done? In, in, in India. Um, my uh, my first collection was from India. Uh, those were that was the easiest way I could you know uh, get to the supply chain. But my next collection, I evolved over times. I I traveled. I went to the sourcing uh, um, uh, sourcing week in uh, Vegas, and I found some factories both in China and in India. Uh, but uh, decided to go with China this time. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would, uh, as we get close to the end of the show, what do you feel uh, uh, was the greatest uh, uh, bit of advice you would give to our audience who are made up of other entrepreneurs like you? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, could you just repeat? Sorry about that. No, no problem. What piece of advice would you give our audience that you learned that you you feel was the most important thing if you had one thing to say to them? Um, just believe in yourself. I think, you know, just the passion will drive you, but you do it the right way. Um, because of my business degree, I have it all lined up, so I do it as a strategy. I, I went with the supply chain. I want to make sure that every all the ducks are in the row, like, you know, it's, everything is lined up. So I have a business plan. I go according to I have a marketing ta- team who does um, uh, branding. So all these things, I, you have to be very practical. Though you are, as a designer, you're creative, but you've got to be ha- making practical decisions. Okay. And your website again? Uh, it's atiz, A-T-I-Z, fashionhouse.com. Well, we're really glad you came, came on uh, tonight. And uh, we're going to invite you to come back uh, after your fall collection and tell us how it went. Sure. Thanks for having me. And it was a great uh, opportunity for me to uh, put my vision forward. Well, thank We'll, we'll talk to you again soon, and good luck. Thank you. I'm going to look at your, I'm going to look at your uh, website myself, see if there's something for sure. my wife. That'll be right. great. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week 
at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info.